Oh gosh. All right, take two, Graham. We're back. Vanderbilt film review. Uh, are we back? I don't see a picture. Uh, we are back. So I'll fix it on your end. Graham, introduce us and tell us who, what we're doing tonight. Why I fix something on your end. What's up, guys? We are Dog Sports Live. I am Graham Coffee. You can find me on the internet at Dog Out West. This is Josh Hancher. You can find him on the internet at Dog underscore Stats. Uh, yeah, here to do our Vanderbilt review show. Uh, we got some tape cut up for you guys. Going to dive deep into the secondary, the offensive line. Obviously, the defense was dominant as usual, so we'll show you uh, some of the the highlights from that side. But it's getting to the point where we're kind of out of superlatives for those guys. And Josh has some some stats for us. A lot of these stats have been kind of bellwether indicators of who's going to be a college football playoff caliber team over the past uh, eight years or so, ever since the CFP era began in 2014. So, Josh, what do we got here? Power five yards yeah. per play? Uh, yeah, this is the offensive yards per play. Georgia cracks the top 15 in this stat for the first time this season after that slow start in Clemson offensively. Uh, 7.0 yards per play. Look at Arkansas right above us at 7.1. That's a good number, man. That's the number that, you know, we were hovering around, you know, 5.9, 6, you know, JT's games were over 6.0 yards per play, but that's approaching outstanding offense. And that's not even to mention our, our absolutely elite defense that we're, that we're putting out there right now. So, I mean, we've played some, some, uh, some teams that we've outmatched uh, Alabama, Birmingham, South Carolina and Vanderbilt. But you, those are the teams you got to get healthy on, and we're still we're still not actually healthy. We're gonna, get, you know, where it is that we're getting Darnell back this week, um, and uh, our offensive line still in flux. But with that, JT Daniels and and you know possibly a subpar running uh, attack is putting up massive numbers. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, if we switch over to the defensive yards per play, you can. This is uh, this is outstanding. Georgia is 3.3 yards per play allowed on defense. The next uh, number two, Iowa State, three point nine. That's over half a yard. I know you can do the math, guys. You're all smart. But note on there that the difference between number two at three point nine and number fifteen, uh, Oklahoma at four point five is six tenths of a yard, and that's the difference between number two and number one, Georgia. <laughs> so, um, and of course today uh, or this weekend, we uh, our favorite dog step sports live stat, uh, the net yards per play. There it is. Georgia leads uh, FBS. I'm sorry. Power five uh, and uh, yards. Actually, by uh, yeah, by healthy a, margin. By a healthy margin, and it's, actually, this is power five only. But it, it Coastal Carolina is number two. Uh, Georgia leads all um, college football in this stat that we like to use a lot. We're looking for two point one, two point three, two point five uh, for the season to be elite college football playoff material, and we're well above it. So we are. Yeah, um, we'll be breaking in some more stats as I dig into it for maybe our midweek in Arkansas preview show. Uh, Graham, anything you want to uh, talk about uh, with, with the stats or you want to get into the plays? Uh, no, we're good. Let's roll. Let's roll All into right. some plays. So we'll, we'll jump in on the offense first for you guys and then go into some defense. We got a little bit more from the O than the D tonight just because of – all the different lineups we saw on the offensive line this past Saturday. Um, yeah. Let me right. know when you're ready. Yep. I got to check something here. Uh, 
one thing I'll add in from the stat standpoint uh, is JT Daniels was 12.9 yards per an attempt on Saturday. The only pass that he threw that was an incompletion was a perfectly thrown ball that was just dropped by Justin Robinson on the sideline. Um, basically, through this point in the season, Georgia <laughs> with JT Daniels is completing uh, about twice the amount of downfield passes past 10 and 20 yards as they ever did under the best uh, from year, which was 2018. So really just we'll see how that kind of trend continues, but Georgia's not throwing the ball deep more. Uh, historically, under Kirby Smart, they've taken about 20% of their pass attempts between 10 and 20 yards and 20% 20 yards and over and 60% you know of less than 10 yards or – behind the line of scrimmage in the form of screens. But right now, Georgia is basically completing, like Daniels is completing about two-thirds of those passes. From was about, you know, 35 to 40% uh, completion rate on those types of passes. So, yeah. All right, keep talking. <laughs> All uh, right. What was the uh... – I'm sorry, man. This is a shit show right now. No, you're good. What was your question? Uh, offensive line, man. Where are we with it? Uh, it's complicated. So, I mean, on Saturday, like, we saw Broderick Jones come in, and he did some really good things in pass blocking, and he had some good drives. But then, you know, late in the game – when Vanderbilt knew that Georgia was going to run or even in some short yarded situations, like he just wasn't able to get a push and get protection. So, I mean, from a pass block standpoint, Justin Schaefer was the highest rated pass blocker on the team Saturday, uh, grade wise. Uh, one thing that's interesting is Xavier Truss, right guard. He was the third highest rated pass blocker. Um, and he did get, you know, he only got four pass block snaps, but him and Mims graded out really, really well. From a run block standpoint, your your top run blocker was also Schaefer. So Schaefer played really well on Saturday. Um, Erickson was the lowest rated pass blocker on the team out of 13 offensive linemen that played snaps on Saturday. So he continues to be a weak point. He did block pretty well in the run game. Um yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, let's get into the plays. And All right, I got to play four. <laughs> so, All right, let's do live, it. Live TV, we fix it on the air. All right, play four. Here we go. So, yeah, first play of the game, it's going to be this little screen pass over to McConkey, but just his wiggle impressed me. Um, you know, he really – Georgia did a good job stretching Vandy out here early in the game. And, I mean, he makes three guys miss tackles on that screen. It's impressive, especially when you consider A.D. Mitchell there whiffed his block. Uh, so I, I just thought one of the big takeaways from Saturday is that Ladd is, I think, has a little more high-end speed than I thought and is a bigger weapon than I realized. Um, so, yeah, if we go to – Play six? Yeah, yeah. So someone messes up here. Uh, I think that SVP – should be blocking the guy that Schaefer has engaged. And they both end up on the same guy. 
But if everyone is one-on-one, then Zeus has a, a pretty big hole here. Um, but instead, you see that guy is, is kind of right there in the middle of the hole. So it's a good job by Bowers with that little seal block uh, on the left side of the line, but just still not quite cleaned up. Um, this is a beautiful job by Jamari Salyer at left tackle. Look at this pancake block he's going to put on this dude. Boom, sit down. So that was one worth getting excited about right there. Matched up on a smaller guy. He does what he should be doing to a smaller guy, but just really, really pretty in the run game. Um, you know, those sweeps, sometimes you'll hit them for big gainers, but that wasn't one. Here we've got the Brock Bowers end around. I don't really, I mean, like I'm running out superlatives for Bowers, but uh, like, Fitz does a really good job here with his block. Burton's does a good job on his block downfield, kind of out of the frame for a lot of it. But uh, the thing I will say about the Bowers end around is I think that that action is going to, like with Monken, everything comes in layers, right? And you will probably see a time, maybe as soon as Saturday against Arkansas, where they run that kind of fake Brock Bowers end around and a linebacker for Arkansas follows him out to the edge and it allows Georgia to get a numbers advantage up the middle and, and try and gash a run in the center. So they did it with McConkey and they did it with Bowers. And I think that you'll see more stuff built off of that, even maybe a fake to Bowers. And then he goes out on a wheel route for a pass. Just keep an eye on it. Um, uh, 13 is next on my list. Is that right? I've got, yeah. Yep. Uh, this is a bad moment by Justin Schaefer. You see him running downfield at the first first down marker, and he just kind of like <laughs> busts through the line at the snap and doesn't block anybody at all. Um, <laughs> Sorry. It just No, you're good. Yeah, he does. It's kind of funny. He looks a little <laughs> bit lost. But uh, like, oh, yeah, this is the – just having Kyrus Jackson back is big. Um, him yeah. and JT see the same things in the secondary. And these kind of like zone beater type plays are, are going to be big against Arkansas if they run a three-man front again this week. So Pass, pass protection was pretty good. You know, yeah, good. pass protection was great all day for the yeah. record. Um, there was really nothing to gripe about there. I mean, especially when Stetson was in. He was sitting back there for five, six, seven seconds and – going through his reads twice. So uh, this is JT's only incompletion of the game. Justin Robinson continues to be kind of an enigma, man. You know, like he will flash and have some nice moments. He's done, I think, a pretty admirable job and has shown a willingness to block downfield. But yeah, he's feeling very bad about that miss too. Yeah, but he had a nice catch later in the game. So um, this, uh, yeah, look. So Brock Bowers right here, I want to point out that's a defensive back that he puts that move on. Um, like it's not him matched up on a linebacker. That's him matched up on, on Vandy's DB. It's, it's a Vanderbilt DB, but still like Kirby said it during the game at the halftime uh, interview when they asked about the first half, he was like, well, they decided to cover Brock Bowers and man. And so we scored a touchdown and that's like really as simple as it, as it is right now. Like if you try to guard him man to man, you're probably going to pay for it. Um, here. Oh, sorry. No, you're uh, 21. Yep. 
So we've got an interesting lineup in here. We've got Broderick Jones at left tackle, Schaefer at left guard, Erickson at center, and then Sawyer's at right guard, and McClendon's at right tackle. Um, Erickson gets to the second level and just kind of whiffs his block right here uh, and just basically pushes the guy into James Cook. But I say it every week. I must say it again. Don't tell me James Cook can't run between the tackles. Yeah. It's like if he gets a little room to get some burst, boom, that's about five yards after contact right there on one run on one run alone. Uh, this is the McConkey touchdown. I didn't know Lad kind of had that in him. Um, he's taller than I thought he was, but just he does a beautiful job going up, high pointing that ball, shows good hands, good route running. Like he's he's going to be a bigger weapon than than I think any of us anticipated. And you and I talked a lot about him being involved a good bit this season before the Clemson game. So impressive from him, man. I, he was the highest graded player on the team Saturday, uh, which is you know exciting just seeing him and Brock Bowers like yeah like we talked about you know we're still not healthy on offense and just to have these guys you know that's what you want you want you know when your offense isn't doesn't work on plan a you want plan b when your guys aren't healthy next man up and I mean Georgia and and these these guys that we didn't know much about coming into the season are absolutely balling out and it's exciting yeah the thing that stands out to me the most about Ladd and Bowers is like Daniel seems to really trust those guys already. I mean, like that, that kind of back corner of the end zone. I mean, that wasn't a true fade, but that sort of throw is a pretty timing based route. And it's very, you know, Daniels has to release that before Bowers gets to the spot and before Bowers, or I'm sorry, before McConkey gets to the spot or turns around. And like, clearly the, the timing was there. I mean, he was in the perfect place, but like, for JT to already have that trust in him probably says a lot about what went on in Athens this offseason. And I mean, if you think back to like 2019 with Fromm, right, and a young receiving core, and there was a lot of times where he had guys that were open and he didn't trust, you know, what was happening enough to to throw the ball. And with Daniels, you're seeing him throw these young guys open. So everyone's clicking really well there. And I mean, we I talk about this with Monken a lot, but it's important to remember that like his his background is a wider is as a wide receivers coach. That was his starting place in in football. And I think every team that he's ever been a part of has very good wide receiver play and it's it's savvy and it's well coached. And you're seeing that come through with Georgia this year really a lot after he's had a full offseason with this team. Well, you know, a lot of people were questioning who was going to fill George Pickens' role, you know, on contested throws and 50-50 balls. I mean, that right there, to your point, you know, that that's that's 100% trust. I mean, he put that ball up, and and it was a 50 – I don't know if it's a true 50-50 ball, but certainly, like you said, he there is a connection and a trust there, and that he went up and got it, and that's exciting to watch no matter who the opponent is. Yeah, I mean, Lad's not 6'3", either. You know, it's like he's a six-foot guy. I mean, his vert is clearly – you know, he's got a – three or four foot vertical leap there, but like, yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's exciting to see. Uh, So yeah, this is a very impressive throw. Like he's going to notice the linebackers back is turned here and he's just going to shoot that into Mitchell. Um, And I mean, like Daniels is seeing the field in a three dimensional way. And we've talked about that with him in the past, but he's using trajectory 
to drop balls into windows and it's not just 2d and he's trying to find openings where there's no linebackers between him and a receiver or, or safeties or DBs. Like he's fine with floating a ball in between a linebacker and a safety or a DB and a safety and him doing that. Like it's, you know, it, it's something Georgia hasn't really had in a while, truthfully. Um, 28 there. Yeah. So this is a good job by the OL. Um, just like, everyone blocked this play really well. And I thought, you know, this is the type of stuff you want to see, especially on some of these, everyone, you know, everyone's getting out, getting upfield. You got the Fitzpatrick or, or no, I'm not sure who that was. I can't see very well right now, uh, but yeah, you've got the tackle there. That's probably McClendon. That's kind of sealing that off for Macintosh to come through, but like if Georgia starts getting this kind of consistency out of the offensive line, it's going to be very scary. Um, and then you follow that play up the very next play with Erickson missing his assignment here. Uh, 13th out of 13th in terms of run blocking grades on Saturday. And this is why, right? Like he's just not understanding his assignments. Well, he double teams uh, with he, he's double team in there instead of having that, that linebacker that he eventually gets to off the snap. And it just like, it creates a big plug in the middle of the play and kind of messes everything up. So it's, you know, it's frustrating to watch. Um, this is 28. Uh, yeah. This is thir- uh This is 30. Yeah. 30. So lads top end speed. I mean, like legit four, four, right. And, this is again Monken leaving crumbs on on a tape to give defensive coordinators headaches down the road, and uh, I thought great job by Broderick Jones and Justin Robinson here springing this. You see Broderick way downfield, uh, J. Rob's kind of out of the picture, but uh, and you also have Bowers kind of following along there like a old school fullback. So just well executed by everybody and. I think caught Vandy pretty off guard running in around to McConkey, but I think you'll see it again because he's fast. And yeah, eighty uh, Mitchell, man, he's rounding into a complete wide receiver. This is what happens when you put yourself on tape, blowing by guys for six points. You get cushion and you take advantage of it. And I like what I'm seeing about him. He's he's going to be very hard to guard man to man. Like him having the ability to run those stop routes and then kind of run some of those those seam routes that we saw on the highlight we showed earlier, just doing a good job. Uh, poor job here by Van Pran. You see 63 there, never really touches anybody at, at the snap. He, he lets that kind of, you know, let's, let's two guys kind of go by basically without getting into the play. And number nine there for Vandy ends up sort of forcing that, that tackle for loss. You know, I was looking at the, 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 yards per carry yards per attempt for the Georgia rush game. And it was like for, through three quarters, it was 6.3, but much of that was on that 44 yard touchdown run uh, from McConkey. So it, it, you know, we put up numbers, but yeah, there's still a lot of issues, especially when on those inside zone and those, those, you know, core run plays are still not there for, for this offense yet. Yeah. So here we've got Fitzpatrick who we love and we bragged on a lot, but uh, he just, Oh wait. Uh, no. What clip is this? 
Is this 50? Uh, yeah. I need 50. Uh, 53. Oh, I'm sorry. I need 52. 52. Here you go. Yeah. All right. So, dude, really good job by Bennett here. Great route running by McConkey. Um, impressive recognition by Stetson, though. Like, seeing, seeing number four has got his back turned. He understands that they are in a zone, and he understands that he's got a window there to throw McConkey open and lets the play develop, throws it right in stride. It's as pretty of a play as I've ever seen him throw. I mean, it was a perfect ball in between two defenders. And so I know that we, you know, Bennett had an interception on Saturday and all that, but like, man, the, the offense moves way better with him under center than it does Carson Beck. That's just the reality. Um, oh yeah. And, yeah. You know, Car- he's Car- Carson, Carson, not Carson needed to, to do something on Saturday and he did not. Yeah. Um, and then again, this is what happens when everyone on the OL does their job. Uh, great seal block by Brock Bowers. Cook's able to just pick around that left edge. And, his, you know, I, I thought Bowers in particular, like coming across here, his timing is, is really good and kind of helps seal that, that edge. Um, is this, it's the same play here. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yep. And, and if we go 56, yeah. So Fitzpatrick just kind of late, like he lets one guy go through, and the back's able to to make him miss, and then he doesn't block anybody else at all. It's just kind of an ugly, ugly job. He kind of helps tackle James Cook there, actually. <laughs> uh, so. I mean, I, yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead. 57. 57, next play. Yeah, I just lost feed. All right. Hang on just a sec. There we go. There we go. Yeah, so just uh, a ton of time for Stetson here. I mean, like, He's sitting back there all day. He gets to go through his reads twice. And this is also happening with an O-line that doesn't have Sawyer on the field at the moment here. This is kind of a a different rotation. So good job by some of the younger, newer guys, some of the guys that are maybe out of their natural positions. And you see Erickson doing a good job. You see Jones doing a good job. Like, that's, you know, what you want. Um, I love the DT heavy package on the goal line but if you're gonna do it it's gotta work and Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis both missed their blocks here and Fitz got blown up too and what I kind of took out of this and a lot of things that happened on Saturday is that Georgia needs Darnell back um truthfully there's enough push on the right side of the line there where he probably could have just yeah cut that cut it back in there but yeah yeah and been okay but um Georgia needs Darnell Washington back in the lineup, especially against this front they're going against on Saturday. And, and apparently he will be, which is good because he's a monster. He's like a, another tackle. Um, Burton, dude, looks healthy. Um, and, and that's very good. And second, this is what happens again when you put on tape that you will burn a team deep in man coverage. They play soft zones and they give cushion. And Monken has a playbook full of zone beaters with these little crossing routes and kind of levels concepts. And the good thing is that 
Georgia has these plays on hand because Arkansas is probably going to try and rush three and drop eight a lot on Saturday. And I think, you know, they, that's what they did that confused the hell out of Georgia at, last year in the first half. So I think Georgia will be well prepared for that. Um, nice throw by Stetson here. Just more importantly, though, again, um, you know, maybe Brock Bowers for Heisman, right? <laughs> like, Yeah. Fresh uh, SEC freshman of the, of the week, but yeah. Yeah, well, I think, you know, he's already got, what, like six touchdowns this year? Um, yeah. I I mean, the thing that's scary to think about is, like, him and Darnell together. Yeah. yeah I'm going to say Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski, dude. That's that's the comp. It's legit. I mean, it, it really the comp. is. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, baby Gronk. You know, I was going to say these these plays are all short because literally the SEC broadcast stopped showing replays. <laughs> it, it was normally we have different angles and stuff. They literally were just cutting to sidelines the whole time. So that, <laughs> sorry we don't have a reverse angles on there. Here's 50. Uh, here's here's clip 80, by the way. Cool. We, so we got Mims at right tackle, Xavier Truss at right guard. And once they came in, honestly, this was this drive, Georgia probably got some of their best holes and best push of the entire day. And I really liked what those two did together. Truss as a guard, I like a lot better as a tackle. Uh, he's just not quite t- quick enough to be a tackle in the SEC. But here again, you see those guys opening a big old hole for McIntosh. Play before it was Cook. So, um, yeah, man. And then – uh, here we've got Jones and Erickson with the double team, and they just kind of climb climb the ladder together, double team that guy, and then Jones picks off the linebacker at the second level. I thought that was nice. You see Broderick's pump there. He knows he just manhandled two dudes. So touchdown, six for six. And then here is the – is this 89? Yep. Yeah, this is the bad with Broderick. Um he just didn't look very good kind of once Vandy knew Georgia was going to run basically every down Um, there. He just lets that guy totally, you know, come across his face at the snap. You can't ever have that happen on the offensive line. So, and then uh, some Dejan Edwards, man, Uh, Georgia's got a, a lot of talented backs and we know that and we talk about it all the time, but this Edwards is seeing the holes better than some of the guys that are getting carries ahead of him right now. He just Hmm. is. And he's, you know, he's always done a good job after contact and turning his legs. But like, truth be told, if we're just evaluating off game tape, like he's, you know, he's working behind kind of the second team offensive line, still going against the first team defense and he's making things happen. He's, he's got good vision. He gets up field quick. And he's not some, – some of Georgia's backs kind of are always looking to bounce it outside, um, which is great when it's there, but sometimes the hole is inside and you just got to take your five or six yards. And I think some of these guys, you know, they're, they're pressing because they're in this rotation and they don't really get a ton of carries. And when they get a chance to get carries, they want to make something happen. And so they're trying to, to hit home runs instead of singles. And – I think with Edwards, like he's just very good at getting six, eight yards all the time. And then occasionally if it's there, he'll, he'll take that, that home run cut. But um, 
it's tough. I mean, like, I don't know who to sit here and say should have their playing time taken from them in his favor necessarily, but like he is just being more effective and more efficient than some of these other guys and something to keep an eye on. Cause it wouldn't shock me if, if we see him kind of start sneaking into that rotation, especially if Georgia can find more creative ways for uh, some of these guys to get involved in the passing game. That's a great, that's a great little nugget you pulled out of there at the end of that game. Um, so, you know, just remember where you heard it. If Dejan's playing a little more uh, this week or in, against uh, Kentucky. I'll, and if he's not, totally ignore I said that. Uh, yeah, exactly. We're 28 minutes in. I, I know the metrics. Most of you guys are bailed by now. All right. Well, defense <laughs> time. Defense time. Um, we only have like 15 defensive plays, so bear with us, guys. All right. So, Nolan Smith is coming into his own, man. Here you see him just push off this right tackle. And this is why he's playing on the edge all three downs, right? The ability to stuff the run is impressive. He's strong. We've seen him bull rush tackles into the quarterback's laps this year on three-man rushes. Here he just pushes 70 off and makes that tackle for a loss. Um, if we go to clip three, uh, we've got Jalen Carter. And I said last week that he had made the leap, and he made me look smart on Saturday. This is nasty, dude. <laughs> Just shucks that guy off and then form tackles that running back. Clean play. Good play. Uh, here we've got – Sorry, I'm, I'm playing sorry. three. Oh, you're, you're good. <laughs> I just want to watch it one more time. No, you're fine. Um, clip 11, we've got uh, Ringo in coverage here. And he knows he has help over the top, and he uses that help. And he's he's if this ball is on target, it is a pick. Uh, but just – he plays this perfectly perfect position. Great job by him. Um, yeah, 20 next, right? Yep. It's the official ambassador of Dog Sports Live, Christopher Smith II, coming in on the tip ball. Good hands, making plays, getting downfield. Um, just, I feel like we were on the Christopher Smith train before anybody, uh, even like, Going into the Peach Bowl last year, I was like, this kid is solid yep. and he's great in coverage and he's making plays. And it's really exciting to see him, you know, get get turnovers and kind of start getting the recognition that I think he deserved last year. Um, so yeah. he had a lot of targets. He had a lot of targets. He got a lot of playing time and played just as well last year as he's playing this year, picking up where he left off. And 100 percent happy for him and happy for the dogs. Yeah, and then Robert Beal here um, does a good job against the run. We've seen him do some pass rush, some good in pass rush this year so far. Um, but, you know, he's become a player, man. And honestly, he's a guy that was in the program so long without ever kind of really getting any meaningful snaps that I think a, a lot of people sort of thought he was just going to kind of, you know, fade – fade out into the sunset after this year, be a, a special teams kind of guy. And he's a legitimate second option on that edge. Uh, and, you know, I think is warranting more playing time every week. Here we see uh, – so this is Beal again, and he actually does a really good job getting his hands up and preventing that pass from being thrown. But, uh, you know, 
Walther kind of loses contain on the right edge there, uh, number 90. I think I just think when the backup quarterback came in the game, his speed surprised Georgia a little bit. And it's a good lesson for the Arkansas game. I thought that, you know, they, Georgia kind of got a favor done for him. This is um, good recognition by Christopher. Again, just really impressive. You see him run down right at the snap. He sees that little – that little tunnel route, kind of that little screen route from the wide receiver and knows what's about to happen. And he's, he's right there when the ball gets delivered. And then again, we're going to have kind of an overplay Adam Anderson and Nakobe both sort of overplay this to the outside and they leave that crease up the middle. And I think the good news here is that Georgia got some reps against an athletic quarterback before going against Arkansas, because they're going to see this on Saturday a lot. And they adjusted pretty quickly in game uh, after these couple runs by him, the first drive or two he was in, they really shut that stuff down. So maybe, maybe a big kind of positive, honestly, going into the Arkansas game. And then Brittany and Walker just play this perfectly, man. I, you know, honestly, every play in this game, honestly – there's somebody on Georgia's defense doing something good, but I continue to be impressed with Brenny's recognition. He's just a very cerebral, heady player, sees things quickly, and then Quay Walker just is fast, man, and he he moves. Um, you cannot run a quarterback draw when Trevon Walker and Nolan Smith shoot straight into the <laughs> straight into the middle of the line, and they did that here. Thought it was a really good job by Walker in particular. Um, kind of comes around on that stunt and is, is right there to make a play. Not sure if it was a called stunt or he just read the play and did a good job, but it was impressive either way. Um, and then again, yeah, Georgia just runs so well. So that's a DN 280 pounds and he's running like a four or five or so and keeping the quarterback from, from getting around that corner and really heading upfield and stretches that play out. So I, I just think that, again, this is kind of preview for the, the Arkansas preview. Like, that's going to matter on Saturday, the ability for, for those ends and edge guys to to get in there. And then Jalen Carter, again, um, watch him shoot this gap at the snap right here. He's lined up 88 D tackle on the, the – he's the bottom side D tackle, and he's just going to pop right in there. Um I mean, like, I don't know, man. He honestly looks like a bouncing ball sometimes. Like, dudes just bounce off of him. Like, blockers are not able to keep him engaged. Oh, this is the Jalen Carter play. Okay, yeah. Um, boom. Yeah, just like, man, clotheslines that guy. Like, that's absurd. And he, truthfully, at this point, man, he may be better at, than Jordan Davis just at, like, shooting gaps and, and getting in the backfield, being disruptive. I mean, like, Davis – what he does from a size standpoint and the amount of O-linemen he occupies and the way that he frees up Georgia's linebackers to move and make plays is invaluable. But, like, if I had to pick one person on this defense or even on Georgia's team right now and you said you got to bet $100 which current UGA player is ultimately going to be picked highest in a future NFL draft, I would say Jalen Carter. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right, um, it, it, it is the last couple plays we got for tonight. 
Yep. So uh, again, Ringo and coverage and just, it feels like the light is really coming on for him. He's more athletically gifted than anyone he's going to go up against and really plays this well, plays it with his hands, you know, just he's starting to look like the sixth best DB prospect in college recruiting history, right? Like he came in with a ton of hype and fanfare and the Clemson game, you saw his athleticism, but the technique was a little shaky and the moment felt a little too big for him at times. And he'll have a challenge on Saturday because he's going to be lined up on Traylon Burks at times, I'm sure. But he's just such a freakish athlete. And ever since week one, when he had those couple pass interference penalties, like credit to Jamil Adai for coaching him up because he's he's turning his head and he's playing the ball consistently. And then that last play was uh, Robert Beal. Again, shout-outs to him. You see him kind of come, disguise the blitz, and just shoot through it, and he's too fast for the guard to block. Nice, you know, nice to see him get a sack. He deserves it. Um, more havoc. So, Georgia's defense is disgusting, dude. They're the best defense in the country. Um, I don't think anyone's going to run on them, you know, including Arkansas. Um but we will get into all of that on what Wednesday night, Thursday Wednesday, night. Yeah, Wednesday night. Thir- it either yeah, Wednesday or Thursday. Thursday. Hopefully Wednesday night, and let you guys yeah. have it on Thursday morning. It might be a little late for the East Coast for the dogs out east. Might be. A little it might late. be. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, we might be on live a little late Wednesday night, or maybe early Thursday morning. But we will we'll get it out. I'm excited, man. Just going into some of the. You know, some of the Arkansas stuff already, there's some interesting things to to look at there. One nugget for you guys before, you know, before we get get off the air here. Uh, So Arkansas scored 17 of their 20 points and gained 217 of their 443 yards on their first three drives against A&M. So script from Kendall Bryles has been good. Georgia's D on their first three drives through four games, so 12 drives total. 171 yards allowed, six three and outs, two interceptions. The only points allowed were uh, a field goal uh, off of the the Stetson Bennett interception against South Carolina. Georgia's offense, 70 points scored in the first quarter over the last three games. This is just a different looking Georgia team. I know that uh, we all love the SEC shorts and the hope, and you know that <laughs> Georgia fans are making as many 1980 jokes as anybody else, but um, you know. It's easy to to fall into those jokes, but it just this is different. Um, you know, we talked about in take one that <laughs> where we were twelve months ago, have, leaving Tuscaloosa with a deflating loss and not knowing why we were where we were with our quarterback personnel. But um, you know, it, here we are. This is I'm, I, you know, spray me with the spray, but I I, I believe that this is just a different team. Uh, Shout out UGA nihilist. <laughs> um and it's 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 a lot of fun you know we're like last year like i said you know we were coming out uh, you know coming off that def- defeat didn't know how to what was going to happen and now we're and we talked about it all off season when jt came in and, and it's being realized and we're just getting better and getting healthier on you know with tyke smith coming in and, and darnell coming in it's like it's like we all and it's like champagne problems is as you might say, with the offensive line, it's definitely got to improve play to, but it's, you know, Monken's got a plan B when that doesn't work. And that's what you want out of an elite offensive play calling. And it's awesome. So I'm, 
I'm with you, man. No, I'm with you. And, you know, it's been impressive. Georgia's been impressive. Uh, JT Daniels has really impressed me the last couple of weeks, too. Just the, you know, some guys don't really respond super well to being challenged. Um, Jake Fromm, for example, you know, when Justin Fields was in the program, there were times where it felt like there, you know, it, it made him shaky or it made him skittish. It made him a little gun shy. And, you know, I think Daniels always knew that this was his team, but like Stetson Bennett went out and threw five touchdowns and 12 pass attempts, you know, and, and like did some really good things and created a little bit of conversation. You and I always knew like, that's not the option. JT Daniels is the guy you want under sitter, but just, it seems like he responded to that by looking as sharp as he's ever looked and just his command of this offense and the, like the amount of help that he has given to uh, Van Pran and, some of these younger O linemen and sort of, especially as this shifts around and you can kind of notice like his job kind of checking protections. Uh, it's just impressive. And there's a lot of things that he's doing that are creating big plays before the snap that maybe don't happen if he's not in there. So if you're a Georgia fan, um, I think the, you know, the way to sum up where this team is right now is just that that was the, Second biggest, I think, Georgia victory in conference play in, in history. And all those other games, like, were back before, like, integration. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. like they were, you know? Yeah. Um, like, I think Richard Johnson said that on uh, on, on his show. Uh, but, like, it's it's true. Like, it's we're not talking about modern era of, of college football, right? Like, 62 to nothing – that was this the the most kind sixty-two to nothing game I've ever seen in my life. If Georgia yeah. wanted to lay a hundred, they could have laid a hundred easily. It was it was effortless. Is what it looked yeah. like to me. It was absolutely yeah. effortless. Um, I'm I just, I'm real happy that you know Sam Pittman and and Arkansas is definitely in a lot of Georgia fans' heart. Uh, it thought of very fondly. I'm excited to have a, a great home game for all the season ticket holders, you know, that, that the beginning of the season, the uh, home schedule didn't look so great. And now it's looking right. really, really good. Uh, Kentucky's putting up numbers, but they did not look great in South Carolina on Saturday night. Um, I don't, I can't, I don't know who they, I don't even know who they're playing this week. Honestly, I've, I've lost track. I've just been bearing down on Georgia stuff, but there's a good chance that that team's going to be undefeated as well when they come into Athens. Um, and you know we got to go to Jordan Hare. Uh, well, they play Florida on Saturday, so, so. Well, 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 it's yeah, it's a so real... there's a good chance they'll be in it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's dog out west on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that dude. that'll be a good. That's going to be a great game too. And uh, it you will know, be a good game. Yeah, the SEC East is is looking pretty damn strong after everyone just says it was Georgia and everybody else. Uh, no one went. The elephant in the room is that Florida's undefeated no i'm sorry they've got the one loss that in their minds are undefeated by losing by two to alabama but um uh <laughs> but they're good you know and they're putting up numbers and and uh so it's gonna be exciting month of football and we're here for it and we're gonna be breaking down some plays we're gonna have some arkansas versus texas some arkansas versus a&m uh plays for you so you'll be ready to to see what they're gonna throw at us and uh yeah uh before we go updated national championship odds um per bet online ag alabama seven to four odds georgia seven to four oklahoma 12 to one ohio state 14 to one oregon 14 to one 
Penn State 25 to 1. Notre Dame 33 to 1. Iowa 40 to 1. Michigan 40 to 1. Ole Miss 40 to 1. And Florida 40 to 1. Cincinnati and Texas are both at 50 to 1. Arkansas 70 to 1. Arkansas is 70 to 1. Yeah. So, well, Texas plays in a, you know, a really crappy league. And truthfully, the way they look right now, it's possible the way that Oklahoma looks that Texas could run the table on the way out in the Big 12. Please let Georgia play Texas in the first round of the college football playoff. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, or Iowa for that matter. Um, you didn't mention so, North Carolina, though. Well, yeah, that didn't go well. <laughs> hey, congratulations to Georgia Tech in, in somewhat of a, like, you know, tongue-in-cheek manner, but, like, also congratulations to Georgia Tech. I mean, that was a, a big win for them. Um, that, you know, Georgia Tech is a, a rival, but, you know, there there's some good tech folks out there, and uh, they've watched a lot of really bad football over the last few years, even losing to Northern Illinois early this season. So well, that was a, a ranked I'm, win for them. We've been on the air 45 minutes. I don't know who's still with us, but Dirty Little Seeker is my oldest son, the tech fan. So, uh, yeah, we were he was <laughs> – <laughs> he was pretty stoked um so any rate poor well, poor like does he like watch every game like does he uh, like he you know he's 16 so how he watches it he's you know, either he's on his phone on his computer or he's on his tv watching probably three different things and tweeting about trey young so um he, he's a little distracted but he was fired he was fired up on saturdays for sure i bet he was good for him man yeah um yeah. quick update your boy dog out west is uh went 10 and 4 against the spread this week i am now 28 18 and 1 on the season we are bringing vegas to its knees baby that's, that's with some money line wins on there too right that is yeah so we hit on syracuse plus 210 on the money line uh, versus Liberty, we also bet Syracuse plus six. We also hit on the Arkansas money line at plus 186 and Arkansas plus five and a half. So if you believe it, go for it. You know, that's kind of my thing. Like, yeah, I don't think we'll have to, we probably won't have enough time to dig into all the picks this week with the Arkansas game coming up, but we will definitely put those either in our show or on Twitter. Um, I'll be out with my adjusted yards per play metric, which that that went eight and five versus the spread last week and had Syracuse and Arkansas winning. My picks on the show went one and four. Full disclosure. Not great. Not great. But um, we all have those weeks. Yeah. uh, But at any rate, um, yeah, North Carolina hurt. There was a lot of people on on that. And like we just said, Tech got a big upset. Um, Mr. Christopher Smith, I know you're not listening, but check your mail. Um, and if you would like to get some mail that we sent to Christopher Smith, check it out, dogstats.com. I've got bumper stickers, I got Christmas stickers, I got FTMF hats. Uh, we've got a little swag for you, and uh, we'd love to, to get it in your hands. So check that out. Um, and r- please uh, read our stuff on dogsports.com. There's uh, Graham and I are both putting stuff out, and there's a lot of great content out there from Limber Twin and from Making Dog. So please check that out um, and follow us on Twitter. And please drop some uh, podcast reviews in there. Maybe we'll uh, send some swag to a really good review. Um, yeah. The, the numbers are doing well, but we'd like to get some reviews so that maybe some more people can can find it. Yeah, and thank, totally. And thank you guys for all the wonderful comments. This is a great couple of weeks and people getting into our stuff and have complimented Graham and a lot of stuff you're bringing out there. So we really- And really you, Josh. We really appreciate it, and uh, it's been a lot of fun, and, and we're getting into the the, meet, the you know, the, the season is peaking right in front of our eyes, so I'm jacked up and ready to do it. 
So, hey, did you notice that we haven't uh, we haven't really heard from the the Texas A and M fans since yeah. Saturday? Yeah, Tiger Net numbers are down. Uh, Ag- <laughs> Aggie Land numbers are down. So we we need to fill in some uh, some of those lost eyeballs and clicks. So, so uh, I, one thing before we go, just because we do love Schadenfreude, uh, if you're a Georgia fan and you know, I know a lot of us spent like months leading up to the Clemson game kind of dealing with, with a lot of Clemson fans and, and some hubris, maybe to put it kindly from their side. Um, go and watch the press conference from Dabo Sweeney on Saturday night. Not because like he has a blow up or anything like that, but like I have rarely have ever seen a football coach that looked that lost and just defeated. And that's because he knows he just lost a couple of his best players for a while, one for the season in Brazil, but also like there is not an answer that's going to fix what's happening with them right now. Um, like, you know, Josh Pate was talking about this on his show today and he's right. Like there's just nothing they can really do to fix what's happening there. And if you look at the one thing I'll give Georgia credit for is Georgia has become a program that recruits nationally and is brought in guys like Kendall Milton and Brock Bowers and Jermaine Burton was out in California, but he's really from Georgia, but like Georgia's brought guys in from all over the country and Kirby smart has been able to kind of maintain that culture of what can I do for UGA and, you know, just that, that kind of hardcore lunch pail sort of mentality is showing through across the board and that can be hard to do. And Clemson, I think has sort of gone through that national recruiting and it's maybe not the same as when they had some of these guys from South Carolina that, you know, were diehard Clemson fans from birth and stuff. So it's just interesting to watch, but credit to smart for being able to sort of maintain his culture while still broadening his recruiting footprint. It's an awesome point, and uh, we're we're having a special season, so uh, I'm, you know, can't wait for Saturday. Um, and uh, I need to steal a line from another podcast. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, yeah. All right. Well, so guys, join us, join us here on late Wednesday night or early Thursday morning, uh, and we'll tell you exactly what's going to happen on Saturday. And this is. Ben Dog Sports Live. Josh already told you all the things to do, but please go subscribe somewhere, whether it's YouTube or or podcast or whatever. Um, and he is Josh Hancher. You can find him on Twitter at dog underscore stats. If you're not following him, you're missing the best analytics follow in all of the UGA football internet community. So get on it. We'll see you guys in about 48 hours. All right. Go dogs. Go dogs.